You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. The last few weeks we've been working on our understanding of discipleship in Christ and what that means and what do we need to do in order to be good disciples. And it sounds quite simple. In some ways it can get a bit complicated. But there is a sense of understanding that we have to have about ourselves as well as God in order for us to journey along the way. And so when we think of our journey, the first thing in our second reading today that we need to think about is who is Jesus? And in that reading, there are lots of references to what are eternal, that Jesus is God, that he is God. And God came to live among us and he came to save us. And we worked on that the first few weeks after Christmas, actually beginning with the baptism of our Lord. And it would not be a bad thing, by the way, uh, if you want to, to go back and listen to those few homilies before Lent began, because they tell us of God's disposition towards us. And they teach us that he's all in and that he loves us and that he wants to show us his mercy, but there are some conditions to the mercy. He'll love us regardless, but those conditions for his mercy are what we would roughly call discipleship. And so those are all online. Get to the website, push the media button, myself and Father Poirier's homilies. His are better than mine for the most part, but if you want to hear about this, uh, you would have to listen to mine for those first few weeks. And also, remember, we're working through Luke's gospel this year. And so we're taking snippets of Luke's gospel each Sunday, our Bible study for the year. And in that um, snippet type of pulling out things that the church wants us to focus on, we do skip a few things. And so reading the book of Luke, gospel of Luke, each week would be a good exercise to learn about it. One of the big themes in Luke is discipleship. That's why we're focusing on it between now and pretty much through Christmas. We'll take a break here and there for other special things. But for now, it's good to maybe pull out, as I like to say for Catholics, the old joke about us, right? Go to your bookcase, pull out your Bible, blow the dust off of it, open it up to Luke, and maybe look where we are and see how we're doing. I'll try to frame things in context well uh, but there's nothing like just reading sacred scripture and seeing how it speaks to you uh, yourself. And so one of those things, as we move into our gospel reading today, after we think of that second reading, the, the divinity of Christ and that he is God, is the thought that just before this and at the end of last week's gospel, Jesus mentions, I praise you, God, for what you have, and I'm paraphrasing, hidden from the learned and the clever you've revealed to children that you revealed to children the childlike qualities that are necessary in discipleship. And as we think about our discipleship, that disposition to being like a child, and I would say Jesus is calling us to humility, is that there are three elements to humility that are good for us to focus on. Our helplessness, the fact that we are ungodly, and we mean that in two ways that are not common to the world today. We use ungodly in a different way. It's a very pejorative term. But ungodly in this sense means one, we're not God. God is God, and that recognition. And then the second, and that's in the sense of authority, God's the one who teaches us. And then the second is also that we are not like him in the sense of he created us in his image and likeness and we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So we're not like God in two ways, or ungodly in two ways. And then that we're sinners. 
that we fall, that we're sinners in need of God's mercy. And we have to have that disposition in order for God to help us. If we don't think we need help, then we're not helpless and we're fine. If we don't think we're sinners, then why do we need God's mercy and the forgiveness of sins? If we already think that we've got it all figured out, we are God to ourselves. So we have to recognize the need that we have, and we all do it to some extent, but not fully. But not fully. We don't have the full trust in God. We have some fear in doing what he's saying, and everything we do, taking those risks of vulnerability in the world. And those are the things that we, we work on. And so, as I mentioned, becoming like little children was something that led up to our gospel reading today. The story of the Good Samaritan, a story I know that all of you are familiar with. And as we think of what Jesus is saying there, we have to think about what children are like. Because in our first reading, it tells us, follow the commands. And it also says that the command to follow the commands is not so hard that we can't figure it out. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, look, this isn't so far remote to you. This isn't so far distant that you can't understand it. Do what I say. That's the ultimate first command. And then everything else will work itself out. And we do that as children. We do that with our children. When I was growing up, my parents said, don't touch the stove. You're going to get burnt. Well, sometimes the stove isn't on, right? And as a little child, sometimes they really? I've seen you touch the stove and you've not gotten burnt. So maybe I'll sneak up and do it, right? I was right in a way, but I was three or four. I didn't know whether that stove was on or not. I didn't know how the knobs worked. I didn't know how to look at it. It's an electric stove, not gas. No warning of the fire, right? But my parents would tell me, don't touch it or you will get burnt. And, oh, oh, by the way, just as a little aside, I don't know why. I'm, need to throw this in here, but you know, some people get upset when they're told something when they're little that's not exactly true, and then they say, well, my parents lied to me, and, and I'm, I've been wounded by that, and I understand there are absolutely childhood wounds, but not that. We all come along at a certain time, so if your parents told you something like, don't cross the street or you're going to get hit by a car, you know, that's learning at the right age-appropriate level. So I always kind of throw the flag on that one. That's kind of used as an excuse, which we'll talk about in a minute for justifying himself in the gospel reading today by the, by the scholarly lawyer. But as we think of these lessons, that's how we are in God's eyes. Sometimes we're not ready for stuff. We have to start at the beginning. You know, I was told, sometimes we see the danger of it, like in not touching a stone. Eat your vegetables so you can grow up to be big and healthy. You know, kids are going to eat what they want. I still struggle with that. You know, I like the, the, the sugary stuff, you know? you know. But the child doesn't see what's going on inside. All they see is what's going on outside when they eat the food that's not so good for them. And so we have to be formed and taught, and sometimes we're not ready for those things, and that's part of that humility, that we need the help. We need the help to be commanded in what we can do. And so we think of the preparatory phases of first, that commitment, which we talked about last week, commitment to God, being willing to trust him, and now to listen to his commands. The first command is to do what I command. And so we'll flesh those out over time. Sometimes we can think this can be overly complicated, but it's really not. We do it all the time. We think of it with, in the sense of virtue. We think of it in the sense of how we develop skills and talents in our earthly life. Believe it or not, I played basketball when I was little. 
okay? And, and when I say little, through high school, I was a point guard, wasn't tall enough to be anything else, at least after the eighth grade. And you know, sometimes in basketball, you refer to people who are good shooters, like natural shooters, that they become unconscious. In other words, they simply shoot the ball and it goes in no matter what. But there's been a lot of work put into that, their natural ability, their ability to put themselves in a position to get a shot off, and then they don't even think about it. The whole movement, arm, elbow, wrist, fingers, they just all work together. And then they don't have to think about shooting anymore. They become unconscious. They're not thinking about each step because if they did, they'd never get it right. They're sitting there trying to regulate their wrist or their elbow or whatever it is. And, but along the way, they make mistakes. They're taught by the coach, hey, wait, you know, you're not strong enough to do this yet. You're using the wrong muscles. Develop, develop, and you'll do better in the long run. And when you're really little, they have to have little goals, right? Little goals so the child can get the ball up to five feet instead of 10 feet. That's where we are in God's eyes, that we have to accept those commands and understand that we are being fed along the way. We are being brought along, no matter how old we are because we've not been perfected. None of us is perfect. And so we have these commands that kind of tell us what the red lines are, where the bright red line is, where we don't go over. So we start with the 10 commandments, easy to understand. But then maybe like with our parents commanding us, you know, don't touch the stove. We get a little older, we learn how to use the stove. We know when it's hot. We know maybe how to get just a little close to see if there's heat. Crossing the street, there's a little judgment, right, left, right. You know, we check and look both ways before we cross. But in the end, what we're doing is developing the skills we need to be a disciple of Christ. And so we start with the commands, that's the Old Testament, and then we move into our gospel reading today. The scholar of the law, near and dear to my heart. He's come a long way. He's come a long way because when you think about when this is being said, he is being asked. He's being asked, or he's asking, about the greatest command. He's testing Jesus, which I always think we get to look at this hindsight, but can you imagine that? Scholar of the law testing Jesus. You know, you're testing God himself. I always find that a bit humorous, you know, to think what Jesus must have been thinking in his human nature when here is his creature testing him. But anyway, they talk about it. They're tested. And Jesus said to him, you know, well, what is written in the law? And then he read the law and he gives the answer back. And that's right. But it's different from simply following the commandments as we heard in the first reading. It's loving the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. That's the commitment we talked about last week. And then loving your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, you've answered correctly, do this and you will live, you will live. But then he wanted to justify himself. And that's where we can get in trouble. Okay, we have the great command two great commandments. First, loving of God. Second, loving of neighbor. And then he says, well, who is my neighbor? Because what he wanted to do was to exclude people from his love. He wanted to, he wanted to say, okay, who is my neighbor so I know who I don't have to love? And sometimes we do that, don't we? I mean, we, we have something where someone maybe is asking for something or God puts a situation in front of us and we want to justify it. So we say, well, this person's not worthy of this or, or they're just trying to manipulate me or or they did this to me in the past, so I really shouldn't be with them there. You know, we justify all sorts of things. That commandment or that teaching of the church, it's for other people, not really for me. I'm the exception. I'm the exception. 
And so Jesus uses a, a great, obviously, he's great, so he uses a, a great parable. A Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews didn't get along. They didn't like each other. And so we have the two priests coming by, Levitical priests, by the way, not priests of Jesus Christ, that would be me. They come by and walk by. They don't want to get near somebody who's dirty. They think he sinned because something bad wouldn't happen to them if they hadn't sinned in the Old Testament mindset. And Jesus makes sure to leave this as innocent suffering. And so he tells a story about the Samaritan and the good Samaritan. And then he asked the scholar of the law, who is the neighbor to this guy? And he says, you know, the one who showed him mercy, the one who looked on him with compassion. Didn't matter who he was. Didn't matter whether or not you got along with him or not. You love God and you love your neighbor, which means everybody. And so, while the scholar of the law was ahead of the commandments, he understood love of God and love of neighbor. He didn't get the mercy in him. He was not being truly like God, like we want to be. And that's part of our growing. So when we look at the stages that we're talking about, we look at following the commands. Then we talk about learning to love. And then we talk about being perfected in Christ, being like God is, in the sense of imitating Him in His goodness to us. And that's such an important thing to remember. In the Good Samaritan, the victim was helpless. The victim was helpless. The scholar of the law was not godly, not yet anyway, he had work to do. And the suffering was innocent. The suffering was innocent. There was no sin involved there. That's where we're gonna move to next week. As we look at these predispositions, these, all these things that we gotta kinda think about and have checks on, we move to what about innocent suffering? Where does that play a role in our Christian discipleship? Because that's one of the most astounding things and one of the most difficult things in Christian discipleship is how do we handle suffering, particularly when we can't point a finger at why it is, particularly when it happens to us and we worry about God's love for us and we have fear and a lack of trust when something bad happens to us, even though we've not done anything wrong as far as we can tell. But we'll move to that level next week and examine that. But for now, we think of being helpless, being godless, being sinners, God's love for us, and him giving us the cure that we need in his commandments and in his command to love and us hopefully growing as children in the faith into more mature people in the faith, learning how to imitate him in his mercy and in his kindness and in his intent to save us and be in union with him in eternal glory with him forever.